The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. We didn't wreck the marriage. We're just just picking up the pieces, right? This is what we do. We fix mistakes. It's a mistake, and like you said, we're coming in to, to fix it. Yeah, a lot of mistakes leading up to the biggest mistake. It's a mistake. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good everything, depending at what time you're listening to our show. Welcome to It's a Mistake, the best divorce podcast in the world. I'm sitting here with my... Oh, he's awake today. Wow. David is on the ball already. I love it. I'm sitting here with uh, my beautiful partner, the Prince of the Probate Court, Attorney Kirsten DeMoga. Good morning. Look at that. Applause for you. Um, So what's going on, Kirsten? What did did you do this morning? Ran around, per usual. Did you go to court? No, four-way. Four-way? Mediation. Is that a sexual term? (laughs) (laughs) No, we've talked about this before. That's the meeting. You've been doing a lot of four-ways every time. Is that what you do? I try to settle all my cases. What was the issue today? (sighs) Property, actually. Property division? Mm -hmm. House? House number on a house. Number on a house. But we're, we're did you set it? Almost. But you know what happens? Everybody, do you have this experience? It's like you get to that point to sign, and then someone freaks out. Oh, totally. And then they <laughs> change the goal line again, yeah. and then you just got to go right. It's like Lucy and Charlie Brown. <laughs> Some of these cases, <laughs> <laughs> Lucy moving the ball. Yeah. Charlie Brown yeah. trying to kick it through the divorce. Yeah. yeah. And boom. So doesn't happen. You know what? They just need to take some time to think. But you'll get it settled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Can't force anybody. All right. So that's good. Yeah. Um, Been in court this week? Anything interesting going on? No. Tomorrow's going to be good, but... What's tomorrow? We'll What's good? Is it because it's Friday? It's tomorrow Friday? No, tomorrow someone's not. You know, it's always interesting when you have an unrepresented party on the other oh, side. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, so that's going to be, be awesome. Dramatic. All right. That'll be fun. No names. <laughs> I'll be there all day. All right. Well, that's you okay. Know. That's what happens okay. sometimes, as long as you get the job done for yep. your clients, as you always do. I always do. So we need to talk about this. What? We haven't talked about it yet. It's weird, right? Because we don't really talk around the office anymore. Do you feel weird? Has our relationship changed? No, <laughs> no we're just Since not, we've done just not show. there. So, wait, we'll talk about what? Well, what do you think? Did you go away this weekend? Oh, yes. <laughs> was it with uh, Mystery Man, Mystery X? He was around. Not he the was whole around? Time. He wasn't there the whole time. Could you play his theme song? Again. <laughs> that, was, remember? that one came out of left field. That's that was made. from last week's show, Matt. That's a true. Different. Do, you, do you remember? I can, if I, I'll write it down. Oh, I remember it, but you Here, just need I'll to give, you, give me I'll a give minute, you a please. So he didn't, she went to the, 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 the wine, wine festival. Oh, look at you. Yeah. You're very fancy. I am. What <laughs> wines did you drink that were good? That's a good question. I <laughs> you drank wine. I, I drank a lot right? of wine. I tried a lot. Okay. Um, anything? Anything we should tell our listeners I, nothing about? Nothing I can recommend. But I did take pictures of a couple labels. But I don't know where I put those. Yeah. So where this is Mystery Man's theme song. Where, 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 where was he? He was in and he out. Was around. But he was on the island, right? Yeah. Okay. And any good food? Yes. Have you ever? Wait. Did I tell you to go to the Nautilus? I think you have. Excellent. Went really there good. again. Okay. Excellent. And that's the breakfast 
No, that's Black Eyed Susans. Oh, Black Eyed Susans was really good. Yeah, we'll give them a plug. This is not an ad, but this is not an ad. <laughs> Could be. We don't have a sponsor. <laughs> Please tell your friends to listen. If you don't have a friend, find one. There's Facebook. Uh, find someone on the street, a stranger. <laughs> we we need more listeners. I was talking to David about our listeners. Yeah, I think we do a good show. Right, you just need to you need it's to promote best. it. We, we just need to promote, promote it. it. So, could my listeners please promote our show? Yeah. Tell a friend. They'll tell another friend. So, thank you, David. Uh, so, black eyed, black eyed Susan. I did right. go there. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, it was a fun time. There were a lot of divorce attorneys with me. Oh, really? I won't name them either. <laughs> wow. oh, okay. So you went with some friends. Actually, you know what? You're I ran so into popular. a former client. Well, really? Who gave me a really nice compliment? And what was that compliment? That I did a wonderful job. I'm really good at what I do. You are. And this is someone who was very, you know what, this is a good story, was Go very, ahead. very upset that her okay. marriage was not going to work out. All right. And you cut to about eight years later, wonderful new husband, beautiful child, and living on Nantucket. Wow. Living the dream. Well, can we some music, David? <laughs> a love, love story, maybe? Go back to that one. But really. There we go. That's a nice, that's a nice sound. <laughs> but you know, this goes back to what we were saying. No one ever, reg- I, well, I have never had an experience that a client comes back to me and says, I made a mistake <laughs> and I should have never gotten divorced. It doesn't happen. So they, I'm telling you. So they owned it. That's good. Absolutely. Well, we're going to be talking about what you should own in, in life and in parenting okay. and in divorce soon with our special guest we'll get to in a minute. But first we have to talk about something very, very important that we did not talk about all week. What? Ready? David, you know, here we go. <laughs> That's right. We have not talked about the ending of Game of Thrones. Wait, I didn't know you watched it. I watch it. Why have we never it. talked about it? Well, we don't talk anymore. That's really so weird. I was trying to say. We're still so busy with Mystery Man running around Nantucket. <laughs> When the hell, and you don't come to the office. When am I ever going to talk to you? <laughs> what? Um, I'm lucky if I get a return, return text. Oh, don't say you know, that. I started watching. I didn't watch at the very beginning, but I picked it up and uh, a couple of years ago, before the last oh. season. So. so did you, you watch this whole last season? I watched this whole last season. I thought, okay, so what do you think? Are you asking what do me I what think? I well, think? Well, you have to go first. What do you think? I loved this season, and I was colossally disappointed with the finale. But you loved the season. I loved every loved other. I loved every other it? episode. I thought they were like was on the edge of my seat. I was really it was great. And then this, I I was totally awful. Huh? <laughs> you were you were happy with it? No, it sucked. It's awful. It was terrible. Awful. And the show it completely sucked. Go ahead. What was that? Go ahead. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I mean... Well, who was your favorite character? I know what you're saying. Daenerys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They totally ruined it. I mean, it, right? I have to channel her sometimes. Yeah, you do in court. <laughs> do you have that speech that she gave? Yeah. That's the speech Kirsten gives in court. <laughs> like right before she, she gets in front of the judge. <laughs> David's going to have to pull that one up. It's good. Yeah. But that's you, right? Yeah, that's you absolutely. in court. No, yeah. but I, I agree with you. They completely, completely ruined the show because they rushed it. You can't rush. And you know what I think? I think they go. made her out to be like weak with John. You know what I mean? Totally. And then it's like, oh. Weak. She destroyed a whole city. No, but then she just, that he killed her. No, but he killed her. Like she didn't even see it coming. And it was, she, she should have killed him. I love that. I thought that well, was Here we amazing. go. Here, come, here comes a speech. 
This is Attorney Kirsten DeVoga <laughs> in court on a Monday morning at 9.57 a.m. She's coming in slowly with her dragons behind her, addressing her people in the probate court of Middlesex County. Oh, my The problem is the speech is in it's Dothraki. It's so long. Oh, yeah, it, no, it's well, Kirsten speaks Dothraki. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing. She's Sandani. That's Kirsten. You even have the blonde hair. <laughs> oh, man. But oh, that's awesome. I don't know. I, I just, no. I did not like her ending. No. I, d- I don't agree with Bran. No, that, that was, that was so ridiculous. Stupid. Here's what somebody said on the internet. So Dragon carries Danny away and we never see them again. Grey Worm does nothing. <laughs> John acts like Sansa didn't betray his trust. Tyron lives, a council of men. Brand still useless. This is the Game of <laughs> Thrones bad. finale. A pile of absolute garbage. Agree with all right? There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. I love him. <laughs> He's the best. Nothing can stop it. Who would you have selected to be the ruler of the Seven Kingdoms? I think they should have all been killed. And everything should have been destroyed and it should have been a rubble of ashes. Who should have won? I think you're all a bunch of whiners. Oh, he, well, like, he, he liked it. Pretty boy I over did, there. I did well, like it. Uh, I why? Did like why? It. why? Well, what, what's, not, what's not to like? You had conclusions. You had answers to questions. You had the noble being rewarded. Daenerys deserved to die. She, she's like the Mussolini of, of <laughs> uh, the realm. And uh, I love Tyrion got to give one more speech. He gives the best speeches. And... Brand, like we should, you should have kind of known something was up with Bran. He's had magical powers all along. You oh, know, he's the worst. Time travel and oh. all that. Did you <laughs> think it was worst. funny that they insisted on calling him Bran the Broken? Yeah, when, yeah, when he's probably awful. It's like you get to be King Ugh. Bran the Broken. I would have said, <laughs> since I'm the king, can we do something about that nickname? It's Ugh. kind of defeatist. Oh. Also, did you notice that when Tyrion saw his dead brother and sister, he kind of walked up and I, I think he was thinking, you know, it's weird. If they had just stood like a few yards to the right or the left, then all these rocks yeah, wouldn't, right. have crushed yeah, they wouldn't have crushed them. It would have been much easier. Uh-huh. No, I, I, I just think they wrapped it up too quickly. Neatly. Uh, neatly. I think it needed a couple more seasons to maybe justify the motivation for the characters for that. What do you think's up with Jon Snow? He's uh, the king of the uh, wilding people. I think he's going to go out. He's going to go wilding. His his friend and his dog. But you think there's any more creatures out there? Probably. It's a magical place. Like, look at what's west of Westeros. I don't know. But you know this. But I was thinking though, there there is a divorce point that 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 was not wrapped up that I'm very upset about. This is a huge huge thing that I I realized that huge plot hole. Do you know what it is? It involves what we do. Mm Mm-mm. No? no, no. Well, there was a divorce that never happened between um, Sansa and uh, the, the little guy, Tyrion. Yeah, <laughs> they never got divorced. They were married. I don't remember them ever being divorced. In fact, I looked it up. They never were divorced, according to uh, a form of ice and fire. Is is Sansa still married to Tyrone? Tyron, whatever his name is. Tyrion. Tyrion, the little guy. Tyrone. Whatever, Tyrone, the little guy. <laughs> anyway, he's still alive. They never which does that make him the, the, the queen of the He might the be West? king of the north. The king of the, the queen of the, the king of the north? Yeah. Right? Maybe. And yeah. so now he's the most powerful man in the land. Well, so he wins. Yeah. Well no, he's the hand to the to, to Bron the Broken or whatever. <laughs> And now he's, he's, he's they're like, still you know what, guys, married. I'm all set with being the hands. Do you think there was no divorce in, in Westeros? 
You know what? They never, ever. I don't I think remember they just divorce. chop people's heads off. Yeah, so there's no divorce. I don't think there's divorce. Should there I be divorce just, in Westeros? Yeah, I do. I do, too. I don't think that's right. I think that's a big loose end that they didn't tie up. There is some chatter on the internet that there's some meaning, meaningfulness to the fact that they never consummated their marriage. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, so we could annul their marriage? Yeah. Maybe there's an annulment. Yeah. But I never saw an annulment on Game of Thrones for eight <laughs> seasons, did you? <laughs> no. No, I think they're married, and I, I think that this is an issue. And I'm, I'm upset about it. Oh, man. Wait a minute. She, we're forgetting. She got married after that. Well, she's she a bigamist. Got, she, right. <laughs> she got married to Ramsey. That's even worse. Which was oh, consummated, but against, yeah. but against yeah, her will. Yeah, can be Against annulled. her will, right. She's a two-time uh, annulment, ready to happen, a- and a polygamist. <laughs> and we never discussed that. Sister wives. This is terrible. <laughs> Imagine if we were divorce lawyers in Utah. <laughs> we won't That's go an there. Interesting point. Yeah. Well, no, it's illegal. For another time. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll bring that. We'll bring some people in. Should hang that. a shingle in Winterfell. Yeah, well, a lot of business. I don't know. Well, I think Kirsten's right. If I just chop your head off, if you get divorced, <laughs> there. that might be cheaper. Well, like what guillotine? Let me ask you something. King if you got divorced and you got divorced by execution by getting your head chopped <laughs> off, who pays for that? Like, don't you think the families would still be paying, fighting about who gets to pay for that? Matt, that's that old expression, <laughs> cheaper to cleaver. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's play play bad. some kind of bad stuff. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> All right, let, let, let's move on. We, we, I think, David, you lose. Uh, Game of Thrones ending was, was yeah. yeah. But hopefully, maybe they'll come back smart. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Deborah DeFrancesco, and you gotta check out my new podcast, The Bitchless Bride Podcast. Woohoo! You don't have to turn into an hysterical hot mess on the most important day of your life. And on my show, you'll hear lots of great tips to make your weddings thoughtful, respectful, and awesome. I couldn't agree more. Oh yeah, that's Nathan. He's here too. He's like one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Damn right. Between the two of us, we have decades in planning weddings and doling out advice you need to make your special day more memorable than deplorable. Don't worry, Bridey. Bitchless Bride will come to your rescue. We are your wedding superheroes, your go-to sounding board, and sometimes your personal therapist. Right? And why not get advice from straightforward, foul-mouthed professionals like us? Foul-mouthed? You, Deb? (laughs) Have you ever known me not to swear? Listen, I tell it how it is. Find the Bitchless Bride podcast on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. New episodes posted every week. Subscribe to us on iTunes and let the party begin. Let's get bitchless. The Bitchless Bride podcast and pod we trust, bitches. So we have a super fabulous guest today. Do you know who our guest is? I have no idea. We have... a friend and colleague of mine who I like very much and respect very much named Windsor Ferrar. And she's out in um, Wellesley. And she's no dummy. She went to Harvard uh, undergrad. A little school in Cambridge. A little school in Cambridge. Maybe you've heard of it. And what she does is she works with folks uh, that are having issues with parenting of children. She focuses on child-centered divorce consultation. And... She serves as a non-judgment and neutral third party to make decisions in the best interests of children, prioritizing academic, social, and emotional needs. She works with parents to co-parent through goal-oriented communication and a strength-based approach, which gives children access to meaningful relationship with both parents. Uh, She's fabulous, and I thought that we'd bring her in because, A, she's terrific, and she can be extraordinarily helpful uh, to our listeners who are having issues related to parenting and struggles with their kids. 
And I thought we could have a nice discussion about co-parenting. So welcome to the Greatest Divorce Show. And remember, tell people to listen and tell Windsor's friends to listen. Windsor for our hello. Good to see you. Hi. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you. So tell us about what you do. Well, I do several different things. Uh, I, I always try to focus on the child first. I do some educational consulting, and then I do a lot of divorce work. So I do work with parents who are in high-conflict divorce. I do work with people who are just on the ground floor of divorce and try to catch them early before the fighting starts and help them navigate their new normal and their children's new normal and try to figure out how to make uh, the children's lives look like they would have looked had the marriage remained intact. And every case is different. Every day is different. What do we mean in Massachusetts, particularly by the word parent coordinator? Is that a word, two words that we're using? Are we going away from that? What, what does that mean? Well, I think people are moving a little bit away from it. I, it's interesting. I mean, I think that really what I try to do is be the neutral third party. I try to be the child's voice in the room because we always have the two adults, but really we need someone to be the child's voice. And so I think what I end up doing is sometimes almost the nuts and bolts of a child's life, making sure they get their little league game, making sure they can go to the ice cream party on the last day of school, the things that actually if you talk to adults whose parents or divorced with when they had children. Uh, I mean, when they were children, um, those are the things they remember. What do you think parents fight about the most regarding their children when there's a divorce? Time. The amount of parenting time. The amount of time. Yeah. Uh, and and the reality is, and I try to tell this to people all the time, the amount of time that we all have with our children gets less every year. So. There's less time for parents because the children are becoming, you know, they, they have their own interests in their own lives, and we have to let those develop appropriately. So they have more time to do their extracurriculars, to sing, to play whatever sports they want to play, to be with their friends, to do all the typical things they're supposed to do. And so every, as a parent, your time does become less, and I think that that's difficult if your time is already less than what you wanted it to be. Do you, one of the things that we often debate about is should there be a bias or a presumption uh, in favor of shared parenting? And Massachusetts has never developed, has not, does not have that, but mm -hmm. the trend nationwide is certainly to develop a shared parenting model. I think that what we've seen over the last 5, 10, 15 years, Kirsten, would you say? Yeah. There's definitely a trend with younger people um, maybe 40 and under to share, to co-parent or share parenting. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, older folks or folks maybe over 40, if they get divorced, where one parent stayed home, you kind of see a little bit of one parent as being the primary. Do you think there should be a presumption in favor of shared parenting? How do you, how do you view that? Oh, it's a tough one. It's a, it's a, we don't ask, we don't ask easy questions. Right? No. This, is, this is a tough seat. You're it's, on. it's a really tough one. I think that, Every single family is different and works differently, and I try to encourage people to really play to everybody's strengths. So I think if we could look differently at what shared parenting looked like, so it doesn't always mean 50-50, so we have two parents at every dentist appointment and two parents at every physical therapy appointment, and you know we're canceling appointments because both parents didn't make them. That, uh, that doesn't work for kids, but I think what, what does work and what the ultimate goal is is for kids to really know their parents and know, you know who am I going to call? 
call when I'm 20 and I'm trying to figure out the course catalog in college. You know, I'm going to call this parent when I'm thinking about this and I'm going to call this parent when I have a roommate issue. And to, and so I think that happens organically when kids have access to their parents in, in the ways they otherwise would have. So for example, if there's a you know basketball tournament in New Haven, Connecticut over Memorial Day weekend, there might be a more logical parent to take the child there. And that's that's what we need to look at. Instead of it's my weekend, it's your weekend, maybe the child can't go. That doesn't make any sense to me. So, so yes, I mean, children should be shared. I, I don't like the split the baby analogy at all. I think we see it a lot. And I think it's really it's incredibly painful for kids. So yes to shared, but I think not necessarily always 50-50 to the minute. What mistakes do you think parents make regarding (laughs) (laughs) co-parenting? That's a tough one. I I guess I just can't, you went to Harvard. We have to keep, you're good. That's why we have to put you on the spot and ask you the tough questions. Thank you. Um, I think that one is sort of is paying people back and remembering and existing in the past. I think we have to look forward. I think people, we have to acknowledge that when marriages fall apart, I think oftentimes it's people, it can be people's lowest moment. And in our lowest moments, we're not our best selves. So I think people have made mistakes in their divorces. And I think the problem is when you're trying to pay someone back for mistakes they made, it's not a, it's not a good way to parent. So I think that the hardest part is, is when people look back. I mean, when I try to say, you know, let's think about this summer. And someone says to me, you know, well, just so you know, five years ago, my, <laughs> right. I feel yeah, like, okay, hold the phone. Yeah. You know, well, five years ago, right. we're not going to talk about that. You so. know, that's, that's so true because I think, you know, we always tell people mm-hmm. that what we're trying to do for them is help them move on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a misnomer that, you know, practice of divorce is sort of this sort you know you think of like the war of the roses or something where you know you're there's somebody wins people are like i need to win right no, there's, there's no there's winners, no winners. And, lo- no. and losers no. in divorce it's a zero-sum game uh, it's not a zero-sum game and i think that a lot of times what makes it more difficult to achieve uh moving on with people is, is exactly what you just said is they and this is true in anything whether it's parenting or money they cannot move on and they just won't well i think part of it is i don't think that people understand how much they're hurting their child when they can't tolerate the child's other parent and i i really try to stress that to people that's incredibly hurtful to your child so you need to figure out how to have a working relationship with the co-parent and also how to really give your child full permission to love and appreciate the other parent Though that's one of the biggest gifts I think that a parent can give to their child because then the, the child can have an organic relationship with their other parent. That's interesting. I have a question for you. I've this, my parents are divorced and I read this once and I was like, that's it. That's it. And I told my parents this, that when you criticize the other parent, you are, the child, whether they realize it or not, are internalizing that criticism themselves mm-hmm. because you're, your mother and 50% your father. So A, do you agree with that? And B, you know, how do you think, what lens do you think people should be sort of looking at this or acting if you do agree with that statement? I I do agree with it. And it's interesting when I was studying parent coordination, that's true in cases where children are adopted too, which is really interesting. interesting. So it isn't just the biological 50-50 piece, but it is so 
painful to children to have their other parent criticized and it hurts them and it makes them vulnerable for a whole host of negative things and negative outcomes that we don't want for our children. So if you ask most parents, like, you know, would you throw yourself in front of a train for your child? Absolutely. Okay. What I'm asking you to do is just be civil <laughs> about their other parent. And so you don't have to throw yourself. In you front don't. Of the train. You don't have to throw yourself in front, which you'd willingly do. Right. But I'm asking you to only say thoughtful things, and somehow we can't do that. But I think if people realized the emotional strain and trauma that they're that they're really inflicting on their child, they might be able to be more thoughtful. But it's interesting you say that about your parents because when you talk to people and kids sometimes it's even little things like you know your mother's always late and kids immediately think like am i am i late am i do i need to be on time i mean everything is internalized is there uh you know uh, for some people it's very hard to say anything nice mm -hmm. right so i don't think it's the adage if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything <laughs> at all because i think you need to be is there a way that if people are really having a hard time at a minimum, you could say X. Do, do you get what I'm what I'm asking? Yeah, I think sometimes our job as parents is to, um, well, always as parents, to sort of minimize the drama and realize the, the state in which our kids are talking to us too. So I always try to tell people, you know, when we, when we get our kids home from school, they're tired, they're hungry, they've had a long day. And so if they start saying, you know, oh, my English teachers did this or can't stand me or only likes the girls or is in favor, you know, a lot of what they're doing is venting. And so if we can just kind of say, okay, you know, why don't you have a snack, get some homework done, we'll and then you check in an hour later, they're over it. They, they forget what they were talking about with the English teacher. And I think sometimes in the problem with divorce is that if someone says, you know, my dad wouldn't let me do this. And, you know, mm. we just, people jump on yep. that, right? And yep. so, and instead of thinking, you know, the child's just transitioning back to a home after a long weekend, that can be tough. And so I'm just going to take a deep breath and say, well, you know, I know your dad loves you to pieces and maybe there was a miscommunication and we can chat about it a little later. Like anything you can do to diffuse something. And I'm not saying not to take serious things seriously, but we do need to figure out with kids when they're just a little bit fried after a long weekend and when what, what they're saying maybe needs to involve a third party. Yeah, That's great a, advice. There's a recent, well, somewhat recent uh, article in Psychology Today called Marriages Come and Go but High Conflict Divorces Forever. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it starts with a pretty good joke. It says, uh, two judges walk into a bar. <laughs> this is not a dirty joke, people. But two judges walk into a bar after work and Judge A presides over criminal cases while Judge B adjudicates family law. And Judge A, the criminal judge, says, your cases are not as tough as mine. I listen to wayward adults from dysfunctional homes come up with stories to justify their criminal behavior. And uh, <laughs> Judge B, uh, the family law judge, turns to the criminal law judge and says, uh, could you define criminal conduct? <laughs> um, and so the article goes on to point out four things. This research shows that the frequency and intensity of parental conflict, the style of conflict, its manner of resolution, and the presence of buffers to ameliorate the presence of high conflict are the most important uh, predators of child adjustment. So in other words, the worse the parents are, the worse the children are. And it talks about four, four common parenting minefields with some solutions we can talk about. Uh, contentious custody exchanges. What do you think? What do, what do we do? parent drops off the child, everybody's upset, and boom, 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 and it falls onto the kids. Yeah. I think that I, I've tried to explain to parents that imagine what it's like to be a child and the only person who you see your mother or father be rude to is your other parent. 
That, that's a really, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, you think about it's, the amount of people that you interact with on a daily basis, but the only person you're going to swear at, slam a door at, not speak to, not acknowledge is your child's other parent. It, it's, it's not okay. You know, I have to say something though that I think is, um, this really resonated with two clients of mine. I think one of the reasons we're seeing more high conflict is because of technology and mm-hmm. cell phones and the ability to text people and have access to them yeah. all the time. That's interesting because you, the second point of this is number two, persistent communication with a co-parent or a child during non-custodial time. Okay. There so here's the thing. I tell people this now. Pretend you have a landline divorce because... When we were growing Folks, up, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have to interject. Landline. We have to explain what a landline. David, are you still like we, we need the landline? Is there a sound effect for that? No, we're busy. That, that's that a, that, that's, busy, that's the thing we have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. the busy signal. No so, call waiting. Right. Imagine a that's world. A landline divorce with no call waiting. But seriously, think about it. You used to have to really want to swear at your former mm-hmm. spouse because you had to call their landline, hope it wasn't busy, right, and. And you didn't have, you had time to calm down when they didn't answer their landline. <laughs> that? That's See? a busy signal. That's right. And God, now you can do the ring. And we didn't used to even have answering machines. Right? So you had to really catch the person when they were home. And that gave you time to calm down. Yeah, it's true. Now people fire off nasty texts mm. at 2 a.m. after they've had a glass of wine. Right. Which is so the third, I do third think problem, which is placing children in the middle of disputes. Yeah. Or spot or what exactly what you said. Or spiling your settlement. There it is. I there he that. goes. And by then you've calmed down. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot <laughs> of work want, to die. You don't want to swear anymore. So what do you, what's the solution? Yeah. What, so what so the about? solution is that you really have a business relationship. And if you wouldn't say something to a coworker, you don't say it to your co parent. And you hopefully are not calling your coworker at two o'clock in the morning. And so you really oh, yeah. um don't tell Kirsten that. <laughs> so so you talk to each other during business hours in civil ways. Your communication is civil. You do not send someone 30 text messages. You wouldn't do that to a coworker. I mean, to a coworker. So I, I think that if we can start to shift this to this is a business relationship. You, if you didn't have the children, you'd chop the bank accounts in half and everybody would go on their merry way. So the children are the reason why you have to work together. So look at it as a working relationship. And the other, the other fourth point, which you also touched upon, is social, they call it social media shaming. Divorce is devastating, airing your dirty laundry on Facebook at Salts mm-hmm. of the Wounds. Yeah. Do not do that, people. Do not do that. No, do not. And also, do it. some of those groups, I feel like, really prey on people when they're in a vulnerable state. So I think the ones that are supportive and offer great advice, excellent. But for some of the ones that are, that are not helpful and are giving some sound bites to people to continue the negativity, stay away. So that was interesting. So that was great um, advice about the communication. So with the drop-offs, is there like a tip you would give for people that have, and I'm not talking about their domestic violence that's that's real and people need to be in a police station situation, Mm -hmm. but for just the, the high conflict, nobody's safety is at issue. I mean, how do you suggest making that better from the children's perspective? Is there Are there any tips you could give? I have to greet each other and just think of one thing to say. Like, say hi to your mom for me this weekend if they're going to visit the grandparents. Or say hi to the dog. You know, I hope you had a great birthday. Something, anything, one sentence. And then the thing is 
can close the door and wave, and then you can call anyone you want, <laughs> swear, <laughs> pour a big glass of Chardonnay. Seriously, do anything you want because then the child isn't with you. Yeah. And they've had a really nice transition, and they heard you say to say hello to their grandmother or their dog or whoever it would be. And the child's then, it's another way to give them permission to love and have fun with their other parent. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I had a... Um, there's a there's a former judge that does a lot of uh, work like you do, and I thought this was really interesting. And I wonder if you agree that people that really don't talk or you know diametrically opposed f- to go to some uh, you know let's say say an event, a soccer game or a, a recital, and the kids see she calls it like Dunkin' Donuts, like coffee talk, like just something you would some conversation you would make with someone in line in front of you, mm-hmm. just so they can observe that minimal level of you know decorum respect you know i thought that was great and i also think and and also i think reminding um clients to see it from the child's perspective always right that 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 what you do has an effect and the child that's watching that has an effect upon them and if you need to put yourself in their eyes and their shoes to make sure that they're getting the right messages and things that you do and say or act speak volumes in front of them and you need to be uh, mindful of that because I think sometimes people are not you know that ultimately that what you're doing between the two spouses that are at war has the effect and the, the, the collateral damage is the child well I think too that when I have people who I'm really having a hard time getting through to sometimes what I explain to them is that children the, the behavior that we're modeling for our children we're going to see when they're adults so if we're very black and white with our thinking and very rigid and it's okay to just be angry at someone and hate them for the rest of their life well guess what <laughs> when our kids are adults and we do something that upsets our daughter-in-law or son-in-law our child will have seen us model for them we can just be done with people and we don't have to speak to them anymore and so I try to explain to parents that's the behavior you're modeling for your children and you're going to blink and they're going to be adults and you're going to have given them permission to never speak to you again. Outstanding advice. Sometimes that works. Outstanding (laughs) advice. Thank you. So this is um, Windsor Farrar. If you're looking for a parent coordinator, someone that can help you navigate the minefields of co-parenting and helping to help your child or your children, please contact her. She's on Central Street in Wellesley. May I give out your phone number? Sure. 617-646-9290. So, thank you for listening. Again, always tell a friend, tell a loved one, tell a loved one to tell a friend, to tell a neighbor, to tell an acquaintance, to listen to It's a Mistake. It's been a great show. And uh, final words, Kirsten DeMoga. I will just see you next week. You know where to find us at barrackfamilylaw.com at this point. And uh, we'll be back. Have a great day. It's a mistake. It's a mistake.